So I uh, took the self-portrait literally here and made a uh, picture frame. But um, my self-portrait uh, isn't complete um, without someone by my side. So I'm going to turn it and leave some room for someone special, someone amazing. Life is sweet and precious, but to share all those experiences with the love of your life is um, the most important thing to me. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. I am joined today. She's back. Nora Princiati. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, and it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Nora, I was getting jealous that you were giving Bill your bachelorette takes. So I had to have you back on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me again, Julia. I'm so happy to be here. And I just want to say, to start this off the way that we really should, I crush life under pressure. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, there just was so much on this episode. We, we're going to, it's my podcast, so we're going to go with my rundown. But I'm curious, like, what's your top talking point? Like, what do you like most, like, we need to discuss? Because there was a lot. So I actually think that we need to, and we haven't really talked about exactly where we're going to go all that much, which I'm excited about because in the brief moment that we spoke about it, I think we were coming at it from the same place. We have to have a conversation about Ben, who I feel like has a real, I felt like he was a real fan favorite at the beginning. It definitely seems like Tasha has some strong feelings for him in some ways, but he's also one of her more dramatic relationships. And there was a a lot to unpack with our dear Ben. There's ben, a lot. Obviously, a lot, yes. the oh Bennett and Noah drama we will get to. But that was what, aside from some some heavy emotional stuff oh this God. time around, that was really what stuck out to me. Seriously. The heavy emotional stuff and the Ben stuff we will get to. I'm not ready yet. It's too much. It's too intense. Um, I want to say that you're holding back. 
Oh my God, Ben. I, I've been vexed by him for a while. So this was just really contributed even further. I want to start with this, this new host of ours, big Jojo energy. And I loved it. Did you watch Jojo Fletcher's season of the bachelorette, Nora? Yes. And she was one of my all time favorite leads. I'm so happy to just have Jojo on screen. I didn't know how much I missed her until I had her back. I I'm so happy to have Jojo back in our lives. I hadn't really thought about this in a while because it's kind of like very 2019, but Jojo has immense amount of BDE, just so much, you know, like that's just the way she carries herself. She's just got a swagger. I think women can have BDE. Yes, I do. Oh, a hundred percent. Like Rihanna. Yeah. And Jojo. And Jojo. Rihanna and Jojo. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. BDE icons, female icons, one in the same. Jojo was doing a lot with her hands. She wasn't quite sure. I I felt like she was trying on a persona, which I didn't mind. I liked it. I was like, Jojo, we know you as our bachelorette. We know you as a little weepy. We know you as behind the bathroom door with Ben on his season. We don't know you as a host yet. And she was just like trying stuff out, moving her hands around a lot. She was being kind of like direct and serious. I, I found it really funny because I was like, Jojo, we've seen you weeping. And now you're like trying to be this boss lady, but it kind of worked for me. I just liked the new energy. I liked that things are mixed up. I didn't miss Chris Harrison. No shots. I just like really enjoyed the Jojo experience. So one very sweet that Chris Harrison is taking his son to college. That really like, that was very much worth breaking the fourth wall to me because that touched my heart. I do. Jojo is the exact right pick for who to have come in and do that. But it did seem like maybe she was a little nervous. Like Chris Harrison, that's big shoes to fill. Even for someone like Jojo, who's so confident, it it felt like she was doing kind of a Chris Harrison impression, which is a hysterical thing. But she was like meaner. She was kind of like being like Alex Trebek. May he rest in peace. Alex Trebek on Jeopardy always made it seem like he knew every single answer where like clearly he did not And I just felt like Jojo was kind of like similar host energy where she was just like a little bit like shaming them for whatever it was. Like when she was like, Taisha will not be having the cocktail party tonight. Like she was just sort of like, what have you all done to do this? I just felt like she was like kind of like mean teacher, mean hot teacher. And again, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed this female energy among these dudes, but I just thought it was very funny. I was just like, she's really like, I wonder if she talked this out beforehand. I really wanted to know what into Jojo's host preparation. Like what was her pregame? Did she like listen to a specific song to get fired up? Did she talk it through with producers? Like, I don't know. I just had so many questions about how Jojo transformed into this hostess. And is she moving into Chris Harrison's suite? Is she going to like fully live that life for this little, little period until he comes back? The thing that I thought was cool was that the boys like didn't quite know how to categorize her. Like, I think you yeah. could see that they, they are just in a mindset where a beautiful woman walks into the room and starts talking to them. And they're a <laughs> and they little just bit lose like, their mind. <laughs> should we like, are we on our best behavior? Like, what do we say? What do we do? And do then we ask she's her out like on a supposed date? to be yeah. great. Like she's supposed to be sort of moving the storyline forward. And they're like, ah, 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 what do we do? <laughs> and I thought that was very fun to watch. It just got off to a great start when like one of the first shots was Taisha carrying pastries around in her own suite. Did you catch that? And then Jojo brings champagne. Yes. And it's just like, have you guys even met before? It's very possible they have it. Jojo and Jordan are kind of like 
doing their own thing. They're not like outside of the, the, the family, obviously. I mean, she's on the show, but it's very possible to me that Taisha and Jojo like hadn't met before Jojo arrived at the La Quinta and like finished her quarantine. And they were trying to like act like they like really knew each other. And Taisha was even like, you're the perfect person to be here right now. And it's like, is she what? I mean, yes, she was the bachelorette. And yes, I think she did a great job. But like, is she the perfect person? Like based on what? I don't know. Well, certainly not based on, at least to our knowledge, an extensive relationship with Taisha or intimate understanding of her as a human being. (laughs) However, one thing that I do think they have in common that's really probably informative to that moment, they're just both like clear value ads as people. Obviously, I don't know them personally, but (laughs) you can watch either one of those people on screen for like 10 minutes and go just like, you can come to brunch. Like, cool. It'll be fun. Let's grab a drink. Yeah, they are definitely boozy brunch friends, you know? Maybe not your sober brunch when you're trying to, like, work through your your stuff, but, like, your fun brunch. Like, meet you on a Saturday. They're Saturday friends, not Sunday friends. That's where I've landed. Sundays are for, like, emotional hangovers. Saturdays are having fun. That's Love how I it. see it. Okay, thank you. Well, um, Tasha and JoJo can come. Yeah, absolutely. They're both like really like just well suited to this lifestyle. They're they're meant to be in Bachelor Nation. I want to tease one thing up top. The B-side guest this week coming on Thursday is Dr. Joe. And Dr. Joe asked me if he should prepare anything for this interview. And I, my response was no, but just be aware that I do not want you to go to paradise and we will be addressing it. And I feel the opposite about Tasha and Jojo. Tasha and Jojo, I'm like, just live in this bachelor nation forever. It's the right place for you. I'm just like, you guys, you, you thrive here. I don't want to, I think we'll get to it later, but I feel that way about easy too. Like, oh my God. Easy also was born for paradise. Just move to Mexico. Just, just do it. We'll see you there. All right, Jojo, we love you. We're happy to have you. Let's move on. This is a real up and down. I want to talk about the Zach date. And last week I said to Rachel that Zach freaked me out. And while I don't completely retract, I now feel bad for saying that because I learned about Zach as we all did this evening. And boy, has he overcome a lot. I just was like floored by his story, which I then Googled, obviously, as the stalker that I am. I mean, everyone does that. And I just want to um, emphasize one piece of his story that I believe he mentioned on the show. And then he he's talked about through other parts of his recovery. Zach basically opted into gallbladder surgery to get the pain medication afterwards. He tells this story in the press. So I'm not like really editorializing here. And I just think that is um, a really shocking fact. And I find his recovery just incredibly impressive. And um, he clearly just wants to like help other people in his position. And I found, I find Zach the human really moving and I like really commend everything he's done in the last few years. He played college baseball, another one of our athletes on this show. Um, and I just like, uh, just really impressive. Like one thing about this season is real life has really intruded. Zach even says it. He's like, I'm on this show in the middle of a national pandemic, actually international Zach, but that's besides the point. I just was like, yeah, real life happens. And Zach just was a pretty wild story. I, I don't think we really heard something like that on the bachelorette before. Yeah, I certainly can't think of anything that would that would be analogous. And it felt like there was something coming with him. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of exceptions to this, but even just when he was introduced as an addiction specialist and a counselor, that to me 
I wondered almost immediately like, oh, is there a story there? Is there something yeah. else there? That's that's not necessarily something that you're always going to just wake up when you're 13 years old and go, you know what I want to do? It struck me as something that there might be a story behind. And obviously we we got a huge window into that with this. It did also to me inform not specifically why Tasha seems to like him so much, but I think she seems like such a charismatic person and someone who things in life probably sort of like flow to that. It seems like she's attracted to some of the older guys, not necessarily because Mm -hmm. they're older, but because there's this life experience thing where they can kind of match her by actually being very different from her where it's like, okay, well, you can have this existence and I am of course generalizing and I don't know everything about Tasha, but like you can have this sort of existence where people are really going to like you and a lot of life is just going to sort of like come to you and you're the super vibrant, cool person. But I've been around the block like a few more times than you have. And I bring something to the table too, because I have history of overcoming challenges and just dealing with life in a way that can kind of match her energy because she just has this like very special quality to her, I think. And then when you get the real story behind that and it's extreme and it's emotional and it's scary and he shared that moment of stealing one of his dad's checks and going to a bank to cash it so that he could have money, I assume, to to buy drugs, buy drugs or some other yeah. kind of substance that he was struggling with and just having the bank teller decide to call his dad and his dad to come get him. And that time he ended up getting help and really was able to turn his life around. Like that doesn't necessarily happen, right? You get a different bank teller and they're not paying attention or, or whatever. Like people's lives can take such dramatically different paths in split seconds. And It is a little bit weird to talk about in the context of a reality show because I think when we talk about split-second moments that determine fate and lives when it's within the context of The Bachelorette, it's obviously much more trivial. Yeah. But that combination of sharing kind of the path that he's taken to this point and then backing up this kind of implied substance and this vibe of substance... Um, no, I guess that's, that's sort of the wrong word to use here, but, um, he's a substantive person. A substantive person is what I mean by that. Uh, it really confirmed a lot of why she seems to like him. And it made that a much more like complete picture to me. In addition to just making him absent of their relationship, be an incredibly impressive person. So that was very cool. Totally. And also, also, he's really funny. He is funny. I like Zach. I like Zach a lot now. I, I was, I didn't get him. I, I, I have some critiques that are mostly related to fashion that we will discuss. But I also was just happy for Tasha that he's also divorced. I feel like if you are a young divorced person, she's, I think, 29. It's probably your, it, it, she has said, like, it's like nerve. She makes her nervous to like tell people. And I'm pleased with casting that they found other young divorced people for her to date. Cause I feel like that's like a really like probably must be a, a, a big thing to bear when you're going into a relationship. I'm not. So perhaps I'm just projecting. I'm not divorced, but, um, I, I don't know. I was just like happy for her that she's now shared that with two of these guys. I feel like that's a pretty big deal. 
BTW love Brendan. We'll talk about him later, but Brendo, as they call him, just love that guy. <laughs> uh, but I was just like, ha- that was like a really sweet moment. I thought that was nice that they shared that. And Zach made himself like eminently um, relatable and clearly has like just a really big capacity for empathy, which many of these men do not very clearly. <laughs> so that was, that was very appealing. And also like, they got one of my least favorite dates that they tend to do on the show, which is like the wedding photo shoot. First of all, the photographer, Franco LaCosta, not his first rodeo. We've seen him before the shorts. I mean, come on, Franco LaCosta. Maybe he picked those. Maybe production suggests them. I don't know, but like what a stupid gag. If he was comfortable and he liked wearing that, I'm happy for him, but it was like positioned on the show as part of like his wacky personality. Like he was from father of the bride or something. And I was just like, fine, Franco, we get it. I'm not even going to Google you this time. I remember you from last time, whatever. He was also on, um, he did, he designed challenges for a couple of seasons of America's next top model. Oh really? So he's just yeah. like, reality Franco's TV like in the mix fashion person for hire yeah I like when he's like the camera doesn't lie and it's like actually <laughs> it does quite a bit cameras lie a lot have you ever heard of facetune have you ever heard of like all these different apps that people use photoshop cameras lie editing lies there's just yeah. lying all over the place I'm with <laughs> you that the the fake wedding setup genre of dates is one of my least favorites however I actually thought that this one was helpful in one way, which was that usually when someone's sort of put on the spot and pushed out of their comfort zone in a date, it's the contestant. And this one really pushed Tasha because of having her divorce, been married before and wondering, you know, how it was going to go to talk about having been divorced and working through their date just with that. And that was before. I do think you're right that it's, it's nice that they have contestants who are divorced. And also I think it's a probably a bit of smart producing and editing that we don't like, they don't tease that it's not something that they lead with. It's something that gets revealed and we actually see the moment where it's, it's revealed in conversation between both Brendan and Zach and, and Tasha. And I think that's cool because it feels natural. Yeah, Um, it does. And it also kind of leaves her like it lets her work through the nerves about it. And we wouldn't get that if if we knew immediately like, oh, there's five divorced guys in the in the bunch. So you're not alone. Like right. that would just be weird. It's um, not like this is the divorcee or whatever. It's just like it comes up on the dates. And I, I do feel like Claire season feels like a really long time ago now. Like I feel like we were living in the shadow of Claire for a long time. And now we are not at all. And I'm just like, you know what? These guys just seem like they were better suited for Tasha. Like I feel like this worked out well for, for many of them. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like with Zach and Brendan in particular, like their energy is very not compatible with Claire. As far as I can tell, I, I realize that Claire found in Dale, someone as like hokey and cheesy as she is. And Tasha's got a different, different register. And I feel like these guys are, are better suited for her, but maybe that's just, just the way the cookie crumbles. Who knows? But, um, do you want to know my problems with Zach's fashion? Yes, please. Number one, these blazers, the, the sneakers that he's wearing, the Nike blazers, just like he wears them in a way that makes them seem like they're like too big for his ankles or something. I don't know what's going on there, but they just don't work. Zach needs to find a different shoe. That's number one. <laughs> number two, the tuxedo he wears in the first, the first shot of them did not fit at all. And they was like trying at to like make it look like a rat pack guy, I think. And it was a huge failure. Just looked really stupid. It looked like he was like 
wearing his dad's old tuxedo. Did not care for it. By the way, if you looked at the whole array of tuxes and then also dresses, there were some wild choices available. What about the disco look they had when he was wearing (laughs) that like... like Super weird. And there was like was, a whole like smoking jacket kind of situation. What actually drove home for me realizing that even though I normally hate the wedding style dates, I didn't hate this one was that at the end when they switched into more just like silly photo shoot clothing, it was so much more fun, but it just didn't really accomplish anything. Like it was good for a montage of them running around and having fun. But I'd been where you are just being like, I hate when they do this. There's no reason to pretend you're getting married. Like that's something you do when you're six. We don't need to do it right now. But then I realized there was at least a possibility that if we'd just done the second part of the date, um, the second part of the photo shoot portion of the date, like nothing would have happened. Taisha wouldn't have had to sort of like work through it or anything. Wouldn't have had to open up at all. Yeah, it definitely seems like the kind of thing they were like, oh, we should have Taisha do this because it will bother her. Although... I do think a lot of these dates, I know, totally manipulative. A lot of these dates probably were planned for Claire and just repurposed because like they had a lot in place. They just had to like roll with it. But it seems like it's working out. I was worried Taysha was going to get like a total short shrift, but I feel like it seems pretty good. She also just like, Taysha looks so good in clothes. It's ridiculous. She's unbelievably beautiful. It's crazy. (laughs) It's wild. I, I was talking to a friend about just how there's been a lot of nudity this year, which we've talked about. And she was like, I feel the same way. But to be fair, if you were Taisha, like, I don't know if you remember, there was a tweet um, during like a world cover. This was a while ago. It was about Cristiano Ronaldo. And it was like, if I were Ronaldo, I would just be shirtless all the time. (laughs) Like they would have to pass a law to stop me. I think Ronaldo agrees. He's probably like, yes, I'd like to be shirtless all the time. And I think that's like a little bit fair with Taisha. She's just like unbelievably beautiful. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And whatever she wants to do is fine with me. I didn't like the dress she wore with Zach. I thought it didn't really fit that well, but I was like, whatever. She looks great. Who cares? It's fine. No big deal. I I, I just, yeah, it's completely ridiculous. That said, I hated universally all of the wedding dresses, not a one. But I was like, oh, nice dress. No, thank you. They all just look. Yeah, well, like, I didn't. It was like it was like the real estate trick of like showing you a crappy apartment before. Yeah, like oh, this one's better. Everything that they showed when she was first looking at the dresses seemed deeply insane. I know. And then she came out in a wedding dress that I don't like very much, but was pretty normal, and she still like, looked very good in. Like and it was like okay, Disney version. Yeah, like, it's like okay. Land. I, I didn't, whatever. Anyway, now we know a lot about Zach. Respect Zach. Good luck. Um, seems like she's pretty into him. I don't know. She seems, I think he's like a, he's maybe top three for me in terms of front runners at this point. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think it's gotta be Zach, Ben. We'll come back to him momentarily and maybe Brendo and Ivan, right? Like those are the ones. I, yeah. I think that's right. Eileen. I lean Ivan because I like Ivan so we much lean, more. We but, all lean Ivan. Yeah. He's wonderful. <laughs> he's so wonderful and he's so normal. He's also stunningly handsome as well. Like they would just be like a ridiculously attractive couple. He, I think he's the most attractive guy on this season by far. I mean, I guess like yeah. Dale was up there, but like, yeah, it's Dale and Ivan. Ivan's just, and he plays chess. What else could, could you possibly want in a chess, real career? Universally recognized as the hottest board game. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like, 
It's kind of like playing the guitar. It's like, yes, universally recognized as like an appealing trait for someone you're going to date. It's like great. But it's like even even playing the guitar can be like a doofy guy in high school who's like, here's Wonderwall and Fish. Just like, yeah. Oh, an intellectual and a gamer. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I, I noticed that Ivan was capitalizing on the Queen's Gambit fever in his own chess proclivities and his Instagram, but I didn't mind it. It's like, yeah, man, it's your moment. Just go for it. I love, I love it. Ivan. Honestly, I missed him this week. I was like, I wish we'd gotten more Ivan. It was, it was a bummer. Ivan and Same. Brendo are by far my favorites. I think Brendan has a great wacky energy. He just seems like so wacky. It's the only way to know how to put it. Also, he like Tasha. he has an accent that I can't quite place. I'm just like, are you from a cartoon? Are you real? Like, I just like, what is this? I, I don't know. I love, I love Brendo. So it's funny that you say that because he sounds a little bit like his voice is actually a little bit like my grandfather's, <laughs> which is insane to say, but no, my grandfather, like when man. he's, yeah, he's well, so he sounds a little bit like an old man. And then my grandfather is from New York city. But when he was five, his, mother died of pneumonia and he and his brothers went to live in New Zealand with their aunt. Oh, and then world war two started and they couldn't oh come God. back because all of the ships were being used for the war effort. Um, so he didn't come back to the States until he was in high school and he has this insane, I mean, it's, it's a normal voice, but <laughs> it's very hard to place because there's a little bit of New Zealand. There's a little bit of New York. And then there's a little bit of just like Massachusetts, like general Northeast, but it's very hard for people to identify and their voices are actually very <laughs> similar. So it's funny that you say it's hard to believe. I just love Brendo. I like the guys call him Brendo mostly. I'm like, oh, they must like him because they call him that. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, It means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Let's talk about the art date. I was going to get into Noah versus Bennett, but let's talk about the art date. I mean, the art date started out as like good hijinks and then just became like being hit with a Mack truck of sad stories. And I don't want to downplay anyone's life experience, their trauma, what they're going through. That is not my intention at all. But like the bam, 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 bam of all of these like sad stories and like, 
emotional reveals just became like a parody after a while. It's just like, this is like actually doing all of them a disservice. It reminded me of like an outtake from old school or something where like everyone was like standing up and sharing the worst thing that ever happened to them. I don't know. I just like, it did not sit well with me. And I just thought it was like super weird. Did you have a problem with it? I didn't. I I thought it was a little strange. I mostly had a sequencing problem with it. Um, Just there are odd forms of currency on The Bachelorette, right? (laughs) And like one of the things that was a little bit tough for me about that date was we're simultaneously working through some of the Noah Bennett stuff, which has all these undertones about money and where people are from and privilege. And then we're also talking about everyone's various traumas and life stories. And it mixes up this weird stew of like, the sort of currency of tragedy porn on reality (laughs) television. Yes, that's a great way of putting it. With like real life currency, which is something that factors into a lot of relationships, but people feel uncomfortable talking about. Extra uncomfortable in the world of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, where like we sort of pretend that money and where people grew up and where they went to school and all that stuff like doesn't exist and shouldn't matter. And it was very, one, uncomfortable for me to have those things kind of like play out at the same time because then you get into these weird situations where it's like a bad thing if you don't have a counter to somebody else's like deepest, most horrible anxieties and the things that have happened in their life. And then we got to the thing with Ben. Yes, that's exactly. And then it leads to Ben. And you're like desensitized to trauma. And it was just like really confusing. So this is the story with Ben. Ben basically goes last. At least it was edited this way. I I was trying to figure out if he actually did go last with his reveal, but Ben sees all of these guys opening up to Tasha in front of everyone. It was sort of like everyone stood up and like just share. It started off as like, here's why I want to be with Tasha. Like, here's how I see my future life. And like Ivan, they had, they had to draw like, like their future, I believe was the task. Um, I think it was a self portrait. Oh yeah. You're right. It was, they had to draw self portrait. (laughs) You're correct. And Ivan drew like a puzzle with a missing puzzle piece. And was like, this is who I am. And by the way, one of his pieces was money. It was like family money. Like, like, which I was just like, I thought that was weird, but also perhaps realistic. I don't know. Ivan did this puzzle. It was like the missing pieces, like me and my wife. I was like, okay, very sweet. And then Brendo just holds up a wood frame and like puts his head into the frame and then makes space for his future wife. Very, very so, cute. I did not like that. Tasha seems to love it. He did no work. He did nothing. <laughs> he did okay. absolutely nothing. I've been to a birthday party or like a company event in the last four years where they have those stupid like Instagram things that yeah. you hold up and you put your face behind. Like I've done this trick. I've seen this. Okay. He brought nothing to Art- the table. Art and crafts is literally my worst nightmare. When I was a child and like I had to go to art class, I just was so flummoxed. I hated it. And like, I would find reasons to get out of it. I can't draw. I can't do anything. So I would have pulled a Brendan. So I, re- I really related. Like I cannot draw. I cannot even doodle. Like all I can do is write my name over and over and over again. That's how I doodle. Cause I, I have no skills. Like I can't do stick figures, nothing. So I really it's related a- to Brendan in this moment. And I liked it. 
It reminded me of the type of thing where it's like you hear about some crazy art installation where, you know, pieces are going for $20,000 at some gallery in Soho. And then it's just like models holding up. Yeah. Totally. Empty picture frames. Like buying the model. What's the the situation here? Does the emperor have any clothes? So it starts out like fairly like just benign. And then like Riley goes and it was cool because we haven't learned a lot about Riley and Riley drew a picture of basically like how he, he looks forward to having a daughter and tells a story about how his mother was like, how, how unusual for someone of your, when he was like in his young twenties to like be still looking forward to having a daughter and explain this because his own mother was absentee and like look, wanting to create his own family. And that was cool. Cause we haven't really learned a lot about Riley. Um, I was glad to like learn more. And then we just like, you know, actually part of Ivan's story was talking about how his father had cancer and a heart attack and wanted his father to see like his family. And it was just sort of a lot of like family reveals and it was an increasing intensity, I would say. And then Ben feels. Well, wait, so before we get to Ben, we all should, the other thing that happened that like really ratcheted everything up was that after in the previous, not challenge, but activity, after making a clay penis, Blake <laughs> transitioned from that to painting or drawing or creating a turtle dove, which is a monogamous bird. <laughs> I don't, I can't, I'm cracking up right now and I don't mean to be because it's very sweet, but the transition was just really strange. <laughs> okay. It's a monogamous Spencer bird. Had- <laughs> yes, carry on. Had- Keep going. A tough. I'm gonna make it through this. He explained that he had a, a fairly unstable home growing up, and he identified the monogamous turtle dove as a symbol of stability and the kind of life that he wants to have and he wants to have for his family, which is really touching. It just it is. It, it is was really a touching. Real pivot. So they use Spencer in this episode to make it clear that Blake is like a total horn dog and just like obsessed with sex. Spencer says Blake is always talking about sex. So what are we supposed to think about him? But like, oh my God, this man's obsessed with sex. Also, I didn't know that a white dove was the bird of monogamy. Like who knows that? Nobody. Like he also, he could have been making that up. To be honest, I didn't fact check it. Like I was just well, like, no, but doesn't he have, he works in like wildlife conservation or something. So I, I trust him on the bird. That's very generous. Like, who knows if that's It wasn't really true. just Spencer, though. In one of those moments, Spencer was like, why did you do that, bro? And, like, Blake followed it up with just, like, a, a goofy-sized comment. Yeah. So I think there's, there's maybe a, something there's to that. There's been a few, a few allusions to Blake being, like, a sex addict. Although, like, not okay. actually. Like, I don't think he's having sex right now because he's on The Bachelorette. But, like, I don't know. Whatever. But so <laughs> sometimes boys get together and talk about genitalia. And that's that's fine gross. I don't want to be part of that with them, but that's good for them. Anyway. Um, so, so this is like the context and then Ben sees all of this unfolding and he's like, I need to really show up for Tasha. And to him, that meant leaving the room, like going behind literally the curtain where they've like set up this like art space. There just happened to be a white robe available. He, I guess it's a hotel. So that doesn't, it's not that too far fetched. He takes all his clothes he puts on the robe and then he comes out and he tells Tasha that um, being with him is being part of being with all of him. And he like takes the robe off and just shows his entire body. He's holding his dicks. So that, that's like just very clear throughout his entire naked time, which is like, I guess 
I don't know, good for TV. I don't really know why he did that. It's like, dude, like if you're showing all of you, just show all of you. I think he did for like a second and then he started holding his dick to cover it. And that like just pushed things over the edge. And that um, really just like, and, and it wasn't until later that he then reveals that Ben has had a, an eating disorder. And so we'll come back to that in a second, but I just want to say like Ben stripping and being like, you're going to be with all of me just like completely overwhelmed Tasha, and she had to leave the room. And this, that was the way it was edited together, right? Where at that point, she like starts crying and she has to leave. Yeah. Well, so this was my second sequencing issue other than mixing up just the general revelation of personal trauma with the um, Bennett Noah stuff was... I will take the, the show and the producers at their word that this was like roughly the order that this all went down. But it's hard to believe that Ben's nudity is like the thing that pushed her over the edge with all these really sad stories. Yeah. Well, and then also, so I'm, I'm on record as feeling like there's just been way too much nudity in this show, this season in general. And there was a kind of funny head fake at the top of this group date where they first had to sketch the nude models and they all come out and they're like, oh God, we're going to have to get naked again. And I, when I was watching, I was like, oh, here we go again. I know. And then it turns out well, that they, they don't. They had that bite like, of Blake being like, I have to get naked again. Like they try to make you think that. Right. And I thought that was funny. I thought that was like a sort of funny head fake. But then at first when we have Ben and we don't know at this point, he hasn't talked about overcoming an eating disorder at this point. When he just like drops trow. Yeah. I'm like, one, it's kind of uncomfortable to for Tasha to not have like the option to see you fully nude right now. Like and all the you other kind guys. of have to ask. And everyone on production. Three, and the other guys. Two, there's an opportunity at least for that to have been framed as maybe if Ben had come to her and they'd had that discussion and he'd talked about overcoming bulimia and struggling with that and feeling good about his body, then maybe there's something a little bit more real and substantive to that action of being naked in front of her than we had information about at the time when it happened. So Ben, like, I think... One of I'm starting to feel like Ben is getting a particularly bad edit. Like I don't think he's come off great the last few episodes. No, he has. A lot of it is that we're just getting this like internal monologue about how nervous he is and how he needs to show up and he's not getting enough time and he needs to find her and blah 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 blah. And I think that's like that's like outside his control in some ways probably, but I want to give him the benefit of the doubt in some ways because he seems like a good dude, but. Uh, it's it's just been tough. This edit makes it seem like he's obsessed with like the game and he's trying to like play the bachelorette to win Tasha, not to like, whereas some of the other guys seem like they're trying to like really form a connection. I think that's kind of like where this bad edit is coming from is that everything he's doing is perceived through like how to win over Tasha. It's sort of like regardless of who she actually is and who he actually is. And that's why the nudity thing was like so uncomfortable uh, in addition to like the sequency problems as you've pointed out, but it just felt like a ploy and not like an actual reveal. And if, if it had been done differently where we learned about like the significance of him 
accepting his body along with someone else accepting his body because he's had this eating disorder, it would have been really different. But because we like just saw this sort of random forced nudity and dick holding, it just made the the reveal later feel cheap. We were like, oh, now we get it. But it was just, it just did not work. And it was very confusing and made you like, it, it sort of like desensitized you to the actual very serious bulimia, which is like, you know, is a very big deal. And also like, obviously he has a lot that he's worked through to get where he is and have the body that he has. And so it was just like, was very, very uncomfortable and uh, made me feel bad for Ben. But also it was just like, this is bad for like everyone when this kind of thing happens. Like it just makes everything with the show like kind of uncomfortable. And I, I don't know. It just didn't, it was just like, it was just like the escalation of like these like seriously sad stories into Blake being a total horn dog. And then Ben being naked was very uncomfortable and didn't work. And it's bad for everyone, as I've now said many times. Yeah. And Ben did end up getting the the group date rose. But the yes. problem with that, and part of this is just the difference between a one-on-one date and having all that time versus being on a group date, is that the difference between something like the Zach date, where it really seemed like they talked about stuff and they learned about each other and were genuinely reacting to learning about the other person's life and things that they've gone through. Like sometimes those, the roses seem like a carrot, you know, it seems like you did the dance, you did the extreme thing. You talked about your bad stuff. Here's a prize, but it doesn't feel like it's based off of any sort of real connection. And I think part of that is one, just what we see from their on-screen chemistry, but two, the sort of jump cutting around feeling of like, here's Blake with the clay dick, but now we're talking about an eating disorder. Like it's whiplash. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. And they just were like going for too much emotion. And then like emphasizing how overwhelmed Tasha was, was just like, this all feels very cheap. And it was very just odd, very odd, really weird emotional register this season in general. Like it's just like a lot of like peaks and valleys and I think it's particularly weird because like as that when Zach like points out that COVID is going on, like he's on the bachelorette, you're just like, wow, this is like a pretty existentially confusing time. Like we're indulging in this wonderfully frivolous television show while all living through a pandemic, including the people we're currently watching on TV. It's like, there's enough going on, you know, it's emotional, like let alone, we don't need to like dial it up with this clay dick, you know, (laughs) it just is bizarre. (laughs) Well, so I don't mind when it's like, I actually, I kind of like when they work blue a little bit. Sure. As long as like, I don't need everybody to be topless, but like some of that is funny. And I also think it's funny as just an entree into how the guys are in the house. Blake is a needed uh, comic relief on this season. I mean, he's just turned into like, also when you look back on how he's the one who like messaged Claire, it's just like, does he message everyone? Like, is he just like sending dick pics? Like he seems like a dick pic sender, doesn't he? Yeah, definitely. So and a, and a, a clay dick crafter. <laughs> it makes you wonder what was going on between him and Claire in those DMs. Yeah. Well, but so okay, to your point about just the the broader context globally in which the season is taking place, the worst that that felt like was with Claire, right? Where we it felt like we were watching someone kind of have a breakdown like on screen yeah. over the course of several weeks and while some of that might just be because of her, it's hard to 
see how that wouldn't have been exacerbated by being isolated and being by yourself and also dealing with a a sick family member for however long before doing this. And like, (laughs) nobody's circumstances are, are, are perfect. So like you do what you can, but Again, it just a, the rough edges when they pivot from hyper emotional to like LOL penis. It it's tough. <laughs> LOL but that's penis. life, baby. That could be the name of this podcast episode. LOL penis. Love it. I mean, I'm th- I'm thankful for Blake. This Thanksgiving, I'm thankful for Blake because <laughs> needed some laughs. Also. I'm thankful for Spencer. He's like a good straight man for all this stuff to like tell you what's going on. So Spencer and Ed, I cannot figure out. Um, And I think I would be able to figure out either one of them if the other one wasn't there, but they kind of toggle in this MC role. And I, 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 I I don't fully understand. That is a lot more baffling to me. Spencer. Yeah. (laughs) Spencer is a total Kaya can, I bet, identify this as well. Kaya, my producer. Spencer is total Santa Monica guy that you see at the bar. Like, I, I know he's not actually from Santa Monica, but like, he's just such a West Coast bro to me. I'm just like, I've seen you this type. It's just like you, you hang out at a bar close to the ocean and you just have like five guys that you're always with. And like, you have like a counterpart group of girlfriends. Like I just know this type. So like Spencer, I just like, you're very generic to me. Good, good luck to you. You're not wanting this show. Okay. That's how I feel about Bennett. But I, Spencer is very like, I've spent so little time on the West coast. Spencer is very foreign to me. Yeah. Bennett is like, could be on Southern charm. Friends of Chaperose. Like Bennett is, it's really should be in like the, do you watch Southern charm? I've seen, I, I'm not, I'm not thoroughly in the universe. Bennett, if he's from Atlanta, he, he's like totally a chef, Austin Craig friends. Yeah. Like, to, like 100%. But, but so anyway, Spencer is just like, he's a total type. He, that's, that's a very, it's a West coast genre of man. And should you ever live on the West coast, you too will encounter him. He is found in Santa Monica. He is found in the Marina of San Francisco. He is found in the little Italy of San Diego. Like that's where this guy is. So if you want more Spencer, that's where you should move to people. Um, it's like a Ed, nature video. <laughs> his yes. natural habitat. His natural habitat is vans with jeans and a plain t-shirt seen at the Lincoln in Venice beach. Ed is a lot more confusing to me. And that's because Ed is from Florida and Florida people. It's just a fucking wild card. You don't know what you're going to get. And I, I don't know what to make of Ed. I agree. Glasses Ed is very different than no glasses Ed. And it's just like an entirely different species. You're like, oh, you're blind. You have really thick glasses. Interesting. A little bit more sympathy for you. Ed carrying the baby is like totally different dude. That's just like someone who wanted to be in the hangover. Ed is a, he's a blank canvas. We probably should outsource this to a, a Floridian. Maybe someday I can do a phone a friend to Kevin Clark and just be like, <laughs> explain this man. Like, Ask him on do Sunday what night. you just did for Spencer <laughs> with Ed. Ed is super confusing, but um, Ed Ed will will be a bachelor hanger on. I could tell he's not going to make it big in this bachelor nation. I don't think he's got enough uh, energy around him, but he'll try. He reminds me of Mikey G. Do you remember him, Mike? Carafalo, who is also like a lawyer and whatever. Anyway, that's Ed and Spencer are just like two generic white guys. I, you know, you just, you either know the genre or you don't. 
you brought up Bennett. Let's just talk about Bennett. So the sort of subplot or the A plot to the, really the B plot, I guess, to the art date was Bennett versus Noah. It's where their rivalry began to intensify. Bennett makes Noah seem really dumb. And it's kind of funny. I don't think Noah is that dumb. But like Bennett just like fucks with him in a very like older brother type of way. And it began with, him like not allowing Noah to share a table with Bennett so that Bennett could. And it was just like a very, like, I don't know, like a teen movie kind of move. And I was just like, okay, I, I'm, I don't really find Bennett that entertaining. I think in real life I would like Bennett, but like Bennett on the show this week, I was just like, this is actually really dumb to me. And it's just sort of like, it's borderline bullying, like not to get too serious. I'm just like, it's not that nice. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't have a ton of sympathy for Noah because here's the thing is that Bennett goes over to Noah when Noah's sitting at the table that Tasha is going to be sitting at and says, get up. That's my seat. (laughs) And then Noah just does it. Like, don't do it, man. Hold your crown. What's wrong with you? For some reason, Bennett reminds me of um, Paul Walker's character and she's all that. R.I.P. Paul Walker. (laughs) Like that's Aww. like kind of just what I see. Um, it's true. I don't I know why that. Noah Noah goes along with it, but he came in later. He is a lot younger. He's probably intimidated. He seems like a sweet guy. I just want to say the number one thing about Noah, he fucking wears socks and shoes. These other guys just wear sneakers and no socks, and I'm so sick of it. Noah has the decency and respect and courtesy to put on a real shoe and sock combo. Thank you, Noah. So that's a incredible point that's that shows actually a maturity beyond his 25 years yes I do so I'm I'm a Bennett defender and I will say that I I think this was his toughest episode because Bennett like Bennett's a lover not a fighter and when he's doing (laughs) the like I'm gonna talk really slowly at you and and say go back to Oklahoma like it's just not fun like when he's like this is where we begin to folly it's like okay go back to the great Gatsby man no one okay I loved this is where we begin to folly (laughs) I thought that was phenomenal but like Bennett, when Bennett has his like sort of joie de vivre going on and he's just wants to live a great life and bring everybody along, like that's the Bennett that I know and love. Okay. He okay. does start. He was a little bit borderline like gaslighty when he was like, well, I didn't think we had any issues. I didn't know that there was tension. And I think that he has like, I actually think he's kind of right. Like Noah is Noah is too young for Tasha. Yeah. Like 100%. No- Noah is 25 years old. Like, I'm sorry, but like, it's just not going to happen. So I actually think that he's, his argument is right. It's just that one, like I've actually, in all my years watching this show, I've never had a contestant who I really like had a soft spot for be the one who just truly too early on goes like hard into conflict with someone else, which is just always bad. Like it is always a mistake. So it was, it's just a little, it was a bummer for me to watch Bennett, who I want to see succeed, maybe not with Taisha, but just like in life, go down that path because we all know how it ends. And it's just, it, it's a bummer. That's not the good Bennett content that, that is so much fun. I know. We, I like Harvard Bennett, just to be clear. I, I don't like the Harvard shaming. I think there's nothing wrong with being smart and an accomplished student. Like, okay, good for you, man. I don't like that he kind of, clearly he's in cahoots with the producers to like put together this gift. I mean, he doesn't have box. He doesn't have wrapping paper like that shit. 
was maybe his idea, but um, had to be done with the help of production. And that's just like annoying to me. There's a way to be a star of the show while not being like just a pawn or, or like very clearly like engaging in like productions, uh, silly ideas, which he's now done two times. And I don't really hold the the opening against him when he came in like Christian Bale in American psycho. But, um, I did find the gift thing, like while I guess, you know, provided a good five minutes of the show I thought was, um, just like really like, just like too much for me. The emotional intelligence lecture though was pretty funny. I was like, I should talk about this more often. It was funny. And also I thought that the, it was like, it was, it was art of war stuff, right? Like he comes in and at first it's like, he's making a nice gesture with the gift. And the first thing that he pulls out is the red bandana. And he says, it's red because I don't want there to be bad blood. And we had a conversation early on about our cowboy days, which did I miss something? I would love to hear about Bennett's cowboy days. <laughs> I don't think Whatever. you missed something. I don't think we've heard about it. <laughs> right. So I would, I just would love to hear about that instead of all of this fighting. But so I didn't mind the gift, but where I'm with you on that is like, it, it feels like the ways in which he's in cahoots with the producers runs two ways, right? Because I would really like to believe that he is self-aware enough to not be going this hard into his persona on the show. Like I really want to believe that the actual Bennett probably would have had the self-awareness to not be like, Oh, out of clay, I made our New York apartment and our Hamptons house and our California house. And I didn't get to the ski chalet and the the Paris Pied-a-Terre yet, but ha 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 step over old chap or whatever. I liked it. Dream big with your real estate. I I support that. I was like, yeah, I'd like to have houses all those places. A lot of taxes to pay, but okay. (laughs) I'd also, whatever. I, I would like to say that I wish Bennett luck in his conversation with the Boston college women in business tonight, which I saw on his Instagram. Really? Oh my God, yeah, fun. Doing a little Zoom session with the ladies. How do we get in on that? I, I, I positive I would like Bennett in real life. He seems fun, honestly. I just like this, the, the lecturing of Noah when he's wearing a gray suit with white sneakers and no socks is just like, what are you doing, man? But I, I thought- Okay, but yeah. Noah's outfit was worse. The I know, suit, he's trying to And right, he and that's know. not like the, what <laughs> Noah is bringing to the table. He's not trying to be like, I'm Mr. Suave. But that was one of the worst things that I've seen on this show was that like blue suit with the patterned shirt underneath it. It was really, it really, when you are asked to bring your A game, two men enter, one man leaves. And that is the sartorial decision that's made. Like I have some real problems. (laughs) I think that he has a very punchable face and like actually (laughs) should be a villain. Like Noah looks like a jerk to me, but he's actually kind of sweet and like, just like wants people to like him. I don't, I don't know. Like he's, he's actually 25. Like, very confusing. I know he's just like a 25 year old boy. He doesn't know what he's doing. I don't think 25 is like that young in the context of the bachelor. I mean, it's not in the context of the bachelor. It's not maybe this season specifically, but we've had plenty of 25 year old guys who aren't like just so as completely clueless as this Noah character. It's actually kind of weird. I'm just like, where have you, what have you been doing, man? I don't like either of them. I guess where I'm netting out here. Actually, I do like Bennett. I just didn't, I didn't like this sort of overindulgent lecture. I would not. Yeah. He's taken a turn. Noah, except you're so right though. Like Noah accepting it where he's like, I'm going to let you keep going. If you let me talk as well. It's just like, no, just cut him off. Like, stop it. Like, don't let Bennett do this exegesis. 
Right. Well, and that's where I'm like, okay, Bennett's being a little bit of a douche about it, but like he's yeah. he's right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just um he he is right, but he's just being super annoying. <laughs> Noah's just gotta go. I, I'm done with him. Yeah. So that that said, I really I'm not ready to part with Bennett. I'm ready to part with Noah. And we don't know. So that episode ended with Taisha going, what's in the box? Yeah. And then we see like her close the door, but we don't know who. I predict they both sent away. That's my guess. We don't have a lot of weeks left. I just want to say like, we've got like three episodes left. We got, got stuff to do. Where's her family? You know, um, she dropped the hammer on, on easy this week. He got a, he got a one-on-one that was like, a throwaway date, haunted house, like weird infrared camera. Couldn't really see them. And then he's like saying he's really falling for her and she just stonewalls him completely blank. I was just like, oh, that's cold. And then no rose on the one one is very harsh, but easy. He'll be in paradise. That's for sure. Yeah. She, as soon as she was wearing that lime, super lime green dress when they went to dinner, I was like, oh, this is not like that's just not, not it's not a fairy tale dress. It looks great no. on her, but it's not not a fairy tale ending outfit. It is really good. I, she uh, she looks great in all her clothes. I, I feel like she looks great in everything. But it's like there's some outfits you wear because you think the item of clothing is cool. And there's some yeah. outfits you wear because you're like, I look awesome in this. And <laughs> it's exactly what I want to be wearing in my like mental picture of this moment. That's super important to me. I don't and think you pick lime green for a first date, like for a first alone time together. It's just not the color you go for. If you're, you, if you're Tasha, you pick it because you think it's a cool dress and you like wearing it, but not because you're like, this is a super important evening to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good call. And then as soon, and then he was like, I feel like I'm falling in love with you. And she just had this look on her face. Like Blank. she was like, oh, all right, yeah, here we got to And like it, you can even see it on the date, right? Where it's funny and it's silly, but it's not, it's not romantic at all. And like easy is so great and has so much natural charisma with like basically everyone. But that's the problem is you could see all the guys in the house being like, oh, well, I think Easy's going to get the rose. Like he's such a great guy. But then it's like, yeah, you guys think that because you have just as much of a relationship with this guy as Tasha does. Yeah. Because More. he lights They've up a room, but yeah. like they haven't, there's nothing. That's there's nothing there. there. She's, she seems to like the really intense guy. Like she seems to respond to Ben's intensity and Zach's intensity and even Brendan. I mean, good old Brendo who just like, you know, also recently divorced and he's the way less intense than, um, than Zach and Ben, but I, I don't know. She's just in, into this. Like she wants to like lock eyes and really just connect, but she doesn't really offer that much back when these guys tell her like these horrible things. She's just like, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. That's her catchphrase. It's a lot, which is true. 2020. It's a lot, but <laughs> that's kind of as far as it goes. <laughs> well, she's so Tasha. I think has been such a good lead in that. She seems like someone who the only like she's just great to watch. She's awesome at sort of orchestrating the show and the guys really like her. So it makes for a compelling show. I think the only thing that I would wonder about, like if I sort of knew her vibe and personality before seeing this is like, do you ever get the vibe that she kind of doesn't need this? Right. Like she would do so well in, in the world and could so easily meet so many people and is, you know, she's 
she's still uh, contrary to to what we we might think about the age math of this show. Like she is a very young woman with she can yeah. go do all these these things. I think she's been really good because every time she gets to a moment where I start to be like, you're too good at this. Like you're too good at when you sit down right before you go to the rose ceremony, like picking up the, or at the beginning of a cocktail party or after a group date, picking up the rose and then going one by one, like Ben, you were really good about opening up about this. And Brendan, you did this. And it's like, she's so polished in that way. But whenever she starts to toe the line, at least to me, of you might be a little too good at this, she will do something at least just a little bit vulnerable. Like at the beginning, it was the stuff about, I'm worried that they're here for Claire and that they're not going to be right for me. That always pulls me back in. And I'm like, okay, I I feel like I'm on this journey with you and we're all, we're all in, on the same page. I do wonder how that will go as we get further along into this because you're right. Like she does respond to a lot of things by kind of. But it's just generic work. responses. She doesn't really open up. Yeah. And response. it's like she moves the conversation, but she doesn't really give back. Yeah. She's, she's a really good host. Like she could almost be in the Jojo role. She kind of right. moves things along. She asks the right questions. She's like almost like interviewing them. Well, you know, she is pretty good on her podcast. So that doesn't surprise me. She, she's on clickbait, which had Natasha on. I'm jealous. I love Natasha. Joe sucks though. Uh, anyway, she like moves it along. She asks the right questions, but she doesn't give a lot. Like, I don't, I don't feel I know that much about Tasha outside of the fact that she's drawn to an intense man and is, is divorced. Like, I feel like that's really like what we're getting from her, but she does seem fun. And you can understand why like the guys like her, that she, you know, she's got a good energy to her, but she's much better as a lead than she is as a contestant. Because similarly as a contestant, she didn't like give, like, this is how I'm feeling. Right. It seemed like a kind of like, we just didn't get to know her that well. And she didn't, even when she had the opportunity to like tell Colton off at the finale, the way that Hannah did, she didn't really do it quite as forcefully. Um, but that just might not be her style. Like some people is like, aren't confrontational and like, don't do certainly don't do conflict on camera. I mean, there's an inherent conflict to the show, but she seems pretty comfortable to like dispatching people quickly. And even when she's like, you're questioning my integrity, it's just like, are they, or is that just like something you're saying? Yeah, like I actually wish that Bennett had gone a little bit further when she said that at the end with him and Noah. And he was like, well, I don't think that's what I'm doing, but then kind of dropped it. And I was like, no, actually, it would be helpful if somebody said, no, I'm a person. I'm looking at this situation and I think that like I bring a lot more to the table here. So I said that. Yeah. And sue me like. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, there's not a lot of like parsing of what she's saying, and she kind of uses a lot of generic lines. But you know, it's working. It's a good season. I'm, I'm. I feel like we got a really good episode this week, despite the many uncomfortable moments. But uh, it's a good season. It's hard to believe there's still only three to go. A lot of crying in the the preview of next week. So maybe that's when things will like really get real. Worried about Brendo. Brendan's like me with any work project worried about this timeline feels rushed. I'm just like, I know Brendan been there. Um, I just, I love that guy. He's such a character. He's just so confusing to me. I'm, I'm as confused by Brendan as you are by Spencer. So that's why I'm interested. He just, uh, Brendan just, I'm confused about him on reality television. He's, I know. 
And then if you look at his Instagram, it's like he's trying to be a thirst trap. It's not really working because we see him on TV. It's just like, this isn't you. He's a Massachusetts man, though, Nora. You could seek him out. Oh, my God. No way. Yeah, I think he's from like New Bedford. I'm trying to. I guess that would be that would be mean to out someone this in this way. And I can't remember who it is, but there's one Bachelor Universe person who's like just famously pops up on everybody's dating apps in Boston. Oh, cool. Someday I'll remember. Maybe you'll find Brando. I also saw that Connor from whose season was it? Hannah? I think it was Hannah. Yeah, tall Connor who couldn't really talk. He <laughs> he was in Buzzards Bay over the weekend for Thanksgiving uh, or near Buzzards Bay, which is like near part of Cape Cod. And I was like, oh, interesting. I didn't like take him for a, an upper Cape kind of guy, but perhaps he's taking that ferry to Nantucket. Who knows? I was I was mm. intrigued. He was just doing some spawn con for like a seltzer or something like that. So anyway, Brendan, he's in your neck of the woods. If you maybe you'll hear his voice from afar, it'll be like a it'll call to you. It's sounding like your grandfather. You can investigate why this strange, strange man ended up on TV. To be clear, I love a weirdo. I love weirdo. That's why I'm so into Brendan. <laughs> My grandfather right. also a Massachusetts on Thursday, resident. We got Dr. Them. Joe. I'll be talking about of a long Bachelor Nation career. I hope he doesn't mind. Nora, thank you so much for joining me. This has been really fun. This has been a blast. Juliet, thank you so much for having me again. And I promise that I I actually probably can't promise you that I won't talk about The Bachelorette with Bill, but maybe someday no, we good. can all talk about it together. That'd be wonderful. But yeah, we'll make that happen. Also, don't forget to ask Kevin Clark on Sunday night's Ringer NFL show if Ed is a typical Floridian. We need to know. I'll be back on Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.